right, Bitcoin accumulation country. I'm back. It's your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing. Check them out for all your 3D printing needs and also sponsored by CoinBeast. Um, if you'd like to sit down with a Bitcoin expert, possibly, you know, get some, you know, get some help with certain aspects of Bitcoin, such as, you know, tax law, definitely check out CoinBeast. Uh, they can help you out. They've got lots of great resources there. All right, guys. So I sat down with Pirate Beach Bum again, and he, um, yeah, he definitely, uh, he, he did not hold back any punches. This is a great raw episode, and we are just going to dive right into it. Here we go. Here is my chat with the pirate himself, Pirate Beach Bum. Welcome back, everyone, to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. Joining me again is fellow Bitcoiner and surfer dude, Pirate Beach Bum. Pirate, thank you so much, man, for joining me again on my podcast. This was cool. We had, I think we had a totally epic conversation last time and a lot of people got a lot of value out of it. So, you know, when you, when you reached out to, to me to do this again, I, I'm just, you know, I'm totally humbled, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Um, I never thought that anything that I said was that important enough to where, you know, it got the traction it did. Um, and, um, it was cool. A lot of people gave me some good feedback. Um, obviously there's always haters, but, um, I think that's, that's just what it is when someone who doesn't talk very much, all of a sudden gets on a podcast, the people who they, that he's talking about tend to get a little bit, they get their ruffles, they get their feathers ruffled. Absolutely. You know, but uh, you know, something I always like to think of is like, I, I focus on the love instead of the hate, right? It's one thing to get constructive criticism from people. It's another thing to just get outright bashing because, you know, you, you damaged their ego and bruised their hopium. Well, the weirdest thing, um, and probably the weirdest comment I got was from a friend who said, yeah, I was talking to some people and, and, uh, they were talking about, you and Dieter and like that you're trying to be thought leaders and stuff. And I'm like, what? I just started laughing and I was like, thought leaders, like what? Because we got on a podcast and we started bullshitting like these idiots. I mean, give me a break. Like if, if that's gonna, if that's gonna get people up, up, upset, then, you know, I don't know. It's just, this space can be so weird. There's so many thirsty people that are, that are trying to be somebody. And, um, like that is not what we're trying to do here. If anything, we just hear, I know that it's not just Dieter, but there's a lot of us who hear a lot of bullshit and it's like, what are we just supposed to do? Be quiet, sit there and just like, you know, let me talk at you, but you're not supposed to talk. Um, you know, all, all I can say is like, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, are you kidding me? Thought leaders? It's just, I'm not a thought leader, dude. <laughs> You know, it's and, and, and that's interesting, right? Because, you know, when we take a look at the space um, and you look at the, the traditional thought leaders uh, or so to speak, I, I have a, you know, as I say it, I cringe because to me, they're, they're not thought leaders. They're just salesmen. True. You know? And, you know, there's there's people that I look to who's who've helped me on this journey to learn. And those people are awesome. And, you know, you could call them whatever you want to call them. I just call them real people who who have a real perspective on this space. It's it seems to me it's the people who try to um, like sell a narrative or 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 push an agenda that tend to to annoy me um, or annoy plebs. You know what I mean? Um, and and that's when you know, things get a little tricky and, and like, am I just supposed to shut my mouth? Are people just supposed to shut their mouth and just listen to you and, and not say anything? Because, 
they i don't know i just think that's bullshit i think that's what this world's about like you know that's why a lot of us have spoken up is because we do hear so much bullshit and it's like we want to we want to clean up the signal um get people to the right information or at least to the right people that are pushing the right information yeah exactly like i don't know if you saw raul's you're just making me think of raul's tweet uh, this weekend uh, you know, some guy mentioned that, uh, you know, Bitcoiners are some of the most principled people that, that he's, you know, had the pleasure of meeting or something to that effect. And then Raul responded back and said, uh, principles, uh, you know, that principles don't matter. And- I did see that. And I didn't <laughs> I didn't know the context of it. But like that dude to me, like, is so invalid. Like he has an agenda. He is not in this for the reasons why you or I are in this. Um, he's in this to make a quick buck. His, his, you know, his opinions seem to change as the wind blows or like the wind blows. And it's just like, dude, I mean, it's really what it comes down to. It's like this competition between these guys of who can control the, the narrative. And I think that dude's a fucking idiot. You know what? Uh, talking about controlling the narrative, okay? Because we, we've got some pretty, uh, you know, as you and I have spoken, uh, you know, we've kind of had this, this, like, range of topics, right? Um, and, you know, one of the, uh, one of the things that, that we talk about is the, uh, you know, the Miami conference and these, you know, the, the, the people that, you know, sit there and preach all of this OPSEC shit, but then they're going to go to the conference and, you know, be seen and everyone's going to know who they are. I mean, yeah. that, that that's kind of the same thing along those lines, right? Right. I mean, there's two ways to look at the conference. Like, uh, is like, I look at this conference as a good thing for Bitcoin in the sense that like, it's a marketing conference. It's, that's what this is. This is to appeal to the most eyeballs as possible. They have all these speakers, some good, some very, very bad. And if anything, like this is going to be probably one of the biggest conferences ever in the history of Bitcoin. So from like a person who owns Bitcoin, it's like, fuck yeah, dude, shield the shit out of that stuff. Um, (laughs) You know, like they're like, I don't fucking care. Just make me money kind of thing. Um, I see it from that angle. And, but on the other end of the stick, it's also exactly what I just said. It's a marketing conference. And like, there's nothing for me at that conference that's going to make me more bullish on Bitcoin, but maybe there's some people that it might. Um, but like you said, that's kind of the contradictory thing about this whole thing is like, you know, you see it, I see it, everybody's, you know, Bitcoiners are paranoid. But at the end of the day, it's like half of these guys, or I'd say a lot of them are going to go to this conference this conference they're gonna appear as their real name um and you know like so you're just like basically undermining all of the opsec and and stuff that you preached and to me like just being an outsider looking in like if i was some like i don't know a bad person looking to collect information uh, whether it be you know some type of uh you know government agencies um you know whether it be criminals whether it just be just some bad actors i mean this would be a freaking gold mine it's a honeypot you know um i mean this is there's going to be so many people there and i mean i don't think a lot of these people have anything to worry about but like if you're really looking to be private like if you really want to like you know be careful you probably shouldn't go to this event um you know i mean i look at it as it's like a comic con uh for bitcoin and you know, but there's probably not going to be 
like the the hot chicks that are at Comic Con, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so there's gonna be like you know 99% dudes and 1% girls, and you know, and you know, I mean, there's I don't want to shit on it because there's gonna be people that are gonna have fun there. I just say be careful and uh, you know, like just watch your back. You know, if, if you really are concerned about the, these type of things, then you might want to rethink it. You could just watch it online. But if you want to go there and talk about, you know, that cool tweet that you had or whatever and backslap each other. I mean, hey, some people need to do that, too. Um, I personally do not need a conference to to as a you know, as a way to build my bullishness or I'm not looking to network. I'm not looking to fucking, you know, build something to sell to sell to something. I'm not looking to get a new job. So yeah, dude, it's just not for me. I, I think that's uh, I think that's so funny though. Right. Um, because th- that's exactly it. You know, at, at the end of the day, it is a marketing conference and you know, like that, that's what it is. It's, it's just marketing tools and it's just, I, I do find it, um, because of course, right? Like part of me like wants to go and, and, you know, I just want to make the point that we're not, we're not dumping on the conference, but what we're saying is, is that just be aware that, you know, yes, you as a Bitcoiner are there, but there are also people that are there that are watching Bitcoin and that understand what it's doing. So, you know, it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta, like you said, you gotta be smart. Yeah, dude. And the biggest issue for me, um, and all these conferences, you know, they, they all just put out the digital media anyway. So like you can watch this shit. I'm sure we're going to watch a lot of it and the good and the bad. Um, but some of these speakers are just bad. Like, I don't know who decided that these were the people that you want to have at your conference. Um, I mean, there's some good ones too. Don't get me wrong, but like, there are some really bad ones. And I, I mean, I just don't understand it. I don't want to get into names or nothing. I mean, everybody knows who, who I'm talking about. Um, but like, I don't know, to me, it's like, it's a lot of money and, you know, basically, you're basically funding the circle jerk is what you're funding. And if you're cool with that, then that's your choice. Uh, but to me, like, it's just, it, I'm into Bitcoin for Bitcoin. I'm not into Bitcoin for all the, the, you know, I'm not into Bitcoin for the circus that surround it. Is it the circus that surrounds it? I do have a lot of friends in this, in this space and the, I mean, I appreciate all of them, but most of my friends in this space are not going there. And the ones that are going there, you know, they're going there for good reasons because they actually have stake, you know, a stake in this and they're, they're trying to market their stuff. And I think that's really great for them. I'm not going to shit on them for it, but that's what this is. You know, um, if you want to go to that, that's cool. Um, I, it's just not for me personally. You know what, that, that kind of makes me think of, um, you know, something that you said, you know, regarding like the engagement trap. You know, and and people essentially like, you know, trying to be quote unquote Bitcoin famous, so that they, they, that kind of leads into that, right? That that's a good avenue to kind of build out your, you know, I guess your well, your, I don't your wanna, audience. I don't, I don't want to like always shit on on Peter McCormick, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, but it's gonna happen. I mean, it's just a per- the last the last podcast we had, we brought him up as an example of the circle jerk and how it works. Like I, somebody forwarded me a tweet from that dude where like, you know, he's having a special dinner that he's giving invites to people. He's spending money on a bunch of drinks for people. And I said that, like, I literally said, this is what this dude does. He like, he sees that people do not like him uh, on Twitter. um, And then like all of a sudden, you know, he's going to 
have this dinner and invite all these people that are regular people because once you get a drink from the dude or a dinner from the dude, I mean, you're, you're not going to bash him. You're going to be like, oh, that dude's so cool. Um, and maybe he is cool. I don't know. But I just think he's a fucking donkey. And, like, I just think that, <laughs> like, all of that mentality, that's not just him. There's several others, you know, that kind of, they all cater to it. And it's cool. Like, they have their little part of Bitcoin that they're into. What they do not like is that we have our part of Bitcoin that we're into and that we think that, you know, someone who just sits there and, and, tries to sell you shit um, and is disingenuous about it or is just like this platform for, you know, companies to put their, you know, their marketing guy on his podcast or their developer to talk about it. I mean, it, it, that's what it is. And it's, it's, it's not bad. It, it, people want that information. But like, for me, like, I don't want to listen to a podcast to be sold to. Like, I prefer to listen to a podcast where, I don't know, it's authentic and like, there's like, I really like listening to people's stories and struggles, um, whether that be a developer where he's not just shilling his brand, he's talking about his journey um, of how he got to where he's at. And maybe he is talking about what he's working on. Um, what I don't like is very well orchestrated podcast or, or shows that like, you can just tell that that's what this is. And, and it's, a, it's sad to me that people don't see the bigger picture that, and, and, as I see what's going on at the show and then all of a sudden he's a speaker at the show, like, come on, like, like what the fuck has that guy ever contributed to Bitcoin? Like, like, okay. So this is where, this is where we get the rebuttals, right. From his like sock puppet accounts and stuff like that. You know, where like, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten into Bitcoin. I got to be honest with you. I actually don't know one single person that found, um, a, and I'm not just saying his podcast, even mine, I, I'm not, I don't know one person that found a Bitcoin podcast as their entranceway into Bitcoin. Bitcoin podcasts is what they find much after the fact, which means they don't need to be at the top of a fucking funnel getting shilled crap. You know, like... Well, you just said it. I mean, like, the guy shills BlockFi. And, like, if you're on the take on BlockFi, like, you're, you're somebody like a Dan Held or, like, whatever these guys are you know that they get paid to shill this shit then you're okay with it um but if you're like the little guy who maybe doesn't know better and you know he gets burned from some of the information on that then you're fucked and quite honestly if it wasn't for him it would be someone else because some of the people that i saw when i got into this space were just even worse than him so i i do give him a little credit um you know at least he does have um he does get a lot of really good people on there. Um, but it's just weird, dude. I just, I, I mean, there's so much, uh, there's so much, uh, controversy over the guy and I, 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 I don't even really want to give him oxygen, but I always do because he's the, he's the perfect example of what is wrong with Bitcoin. Um, and to me, like, I don't know what the alternative is, but there is an alternative. There's really great podcasts out there with really good people. Like, I mean, I, I put out a list of like, I don't know, I think it was like 10 or 10 or 12 podcasts that I like. And, you know, personally, what I do is I have a bunch of them on cue and then I go through them and I listen to them. Um, and there's so many podcasters I like, I can't even tell you my favorite, but I don't know. There's just so many more people that are doing a really good job who, you know, seem to be about Bitcoin versus about how much money I can make off Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's more, you know what, it's more about the, um, 
it's more about the content and 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 you know we should be clear right um to to give him to give him some credit uh you know he is an excellent marketer you know like he knows he knows exactly how to market himself and that is uh, you know that that that's to his. Uh, it's fiat culture. His credit. That's what this all comes down to. It, he he represents fiat culture and fiat marketing. Um, in my opinion, like there's nothing Bitcoin about what he does. It's all for fiat. I mean, yeah. just like the 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 car that he he showed that he bought from everybody that he you know referred to BlockFi or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who fucking does that? That was hilarious, by the way, because because he put out that tweet, and then the next day they put out that they were lowering the uh, the interest that they were yeah. paying. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's this just, <laughs> it's weird though. It's he's very calculated. I mean, like, um, I mean, I don't know who funds the guy. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's just off ads. Like, I feel like somebody funds him, um, and that's just my suspicions, and I could be completely wrong. But like, it just, I mean. For example, why would you go post a photo of you taking a vaccine like like you're some famous person, like, you know, with like a special shirt on and all this stuff and like knowing that you're going to get like just eviscerated um, by people. The only way that I can like think about that and wrap my head around it is because he was paid to do it. Um, and I know that they yep. pay influencers to do this stuff. Um, and so, I mean, I see it and I know other people see it. Um and it's okay. I just, I don't know. I just, like I said, I think the guy's a donkey. He, he, he says I'm obsessed with him. He's obsessed with me. Um, like I literally don't give a fuck about the guy. I just laugh at him because I see so many people like clowning the guy, like all the memes about him and all this stuff that goes out about him. And I just laugh at it. And like, I don't know, I, I sometimes comment on it. And when I seem to comment on it, he gets really upset and then like, he, like he's blocked me and then he'll unblock me to like comment back at me. And then like, if I say something back to him, then all of a sudden I'm mean, like the guy called me a fucking pussy, which I'm totally fine with. Like, I don't like coming from him. Like, <laughs> it's like, whatever, dude. Um, but like, <laughs> it's just weird, dude. Like then you're like, anyway, I, I literally do not want to talk about this dude. Cause like he is such a donkey, but like, he's an example uh, of what is bad with this space and he's not going to go away like the sad thing is is his his uh his platform's only going to get bigger and uh you know you're just going to watch more and more people jump on his show because they feel like i don't know that i guess that's like where they want to be um and the way that i look at it is just like you know what support who you like support people who are authentic support people who support plebs um support people who don't talk down to people and you know can handle criticism that's what i have to say i like it man all right we we destroyed that okay <laughs> all right we destroyed it but you know what um you know another another thing that kind of happens that kind of goes along the lines of the engagement trap and uh the uh, you know the the, the kind of the egos in the space and everything like that is you know kind of how the bitcoin price you know fucks with your head now i, I did a podcast with Durgigi about you know like essentially the the I guess the psychological effects of of Bitcoin price going up, but something that something that I've noticed um, as this happens is is that you know whether people want to accept it or not, right? Um, to a certain extent, people act in some cases reserved when when they don't feel uh, you know quote unquote, like, you know, powerful or successful or something like that. So when, you know, as the Bitcoin price goes up, uh, there's people who have, you know, bought a lot and 
you know, they've gotten to be, quote unquote, more successful, financially independent. And now, you know, kind of like the, the true colors like start to come out of what that person really is. And, and I think it's it's really important that, you know, people, you know, take kind of stock of themselves. And it's important to really know yourself, you know, bef- before these things happen. What yeah. Are your, what are your thoughts? I mean, so basically, you know, you see it. We all saw it like last cycle, you know there was a lot of people who were just getting in, but we watched a lot of people make a lot of money and, you know, they're buying Lamborghinis and, you know, fancy shit and taking photos of it. And, uh, it was kind of like the joke and all. And then, you know, the bear market hit. And then like, we literally watched people fucking rage quitting and, you know, just melting down from, because they're losing everything. And so here we are, we're back in another cycle. And a lot of the people who, you know, were kind of new to the game and, 2016 17 you know they were steady stacking and and you know they're starting to see oh man they're watching their bank account change and you know in a bull market you know you think you're invincible but like most of us who've who've seen this thing go up and then drop 80 percent you know we kind of like we have a different look at things um we kind of realized that i don't want to say i don't really look at the price of the fiat price of Bitcoin. I try not to focus on that because that will literally drive people crazy. But I mean, the bull market has brought out a lot of fucking crazy people, a lot of egos, a lot of, um, a lot of vain people who actually think they're smarter than, than they really are. Um, I mean, we're all smart for being here, but you know, when you start acting like you are smarter than you are, then, you know, that's when the problems start to happen. And as this thing goes up, I mean, it's going to get worse and worse. And uh, the only thing I can say is like, for me personally, I, you know, I, I sold a company and so that's where I made my money. And when I first made money, when I first got my first payout, um, you know, I was young and I didn't come from a lot and, you know, I, it, it fucking fucked me up in a way. Like I was, I blew probably, I, I blew a few million just, like having fun. Like, I mean, I, you know, the first thing I did was I remodeled my house and then I, I cemented a a half pipe in there or like a skate bowl in my house. And then I built a bar and I had like, I dude, I had a full fucking bar like that with two kegs of really good beer. I had, you know, top shelf liquor. And then I had the pool um, with the jacuzzi. And then like I built, I, the, the property was pretty big and we backed up to this nature preserve and we had built a motorcycle track way deep in it and they never hassled us. And so, um, I built like a garage that I could literally just roll up the window and we could fire up the motorcycle and, and go ride them. And, you know, like I, I didn't want to ride myself. So I bought like four of them. So like I could race my friends out there, um, you know, which was pretty dumb. And then we had dune buggies on top of that. And so like my house was like this crazy like house where I just collected a lot of the wrong people who I thought were my friends. And, you know, um, I was working so hard at the time that, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't as discerning as I am now. And I literally spent money. Like it was fucking, you know, it was, nothing. And, and I, you know, I met my wife and my wife kind of cleaned up all that, you know, cleaned up the, the cleaned out my house basically of all the riffraff. And, you know, when it was all said and done, you know, the motorcycles, they were fucked up and (laughs) everything just kind (laughs) of rotted. And like, and I remember sitting there like just feeling like 
so empty and I was, and I'm realizing like, like that all the people that I thought were my friends that, you know, we'd cruise out to, to the bars or the clubs and, you know, we would roll out and we had like, you know, all the hottest chicks, you know, like we had, we rolled in and you knew we were there is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and I see the same thing happening with Bitcoin. Um, I do. I, I see people like it's, it's money is intoxicating and I'm thankful I met a woman like my wife who, who, made me realize all that stuff is bullshit and, you know, prepared me. Um, and you know, I don't know, I, I just foresee that this trap, um, it's, I call it the dopamine trap. Um, you know, people think that in Bitcoin, you know, the more money you make, your life is going to be so much better, but, and it is, I mean, you can go do a lot of things, but with that comes a lot of re personal responsibility. And in reality, when you have, uh, money to do whatever you want to do or to go wherever you want to go, um, I've seen it and it'll really bring out your vices. Um, and those vices, um, are unhealthy things. And if you don't get a handle on it now and you don't, and you aren't grounded and you don't like, uh, remember who you are, you can get very lost in it. And I've already seen this. I mean, I know as people probably listen to this, they're thinking of people right now in Bitcoin, but this is going to get worse because this is, we haven't even seen nothing yet. Just wait till, you know, people are, are rolling around and have excess money that where they're not like thinking I need to sell shit to buy Bitcoin. They're going to have enough money to where they're like, fuck, I can't spend this for the rest of my life. Like that changes you, you know, that changes your whole mentality. Um, and it, you get a lot of people that surround, that surround you that see that and they want to, they you know, they're basically like fucking parasites. Um, and so I see this all unfolding in Bitcoin and it's going to be interesting um, to see uh, what happens. And I just, I, I just want to urge people to think about these things and think about who you are and what you want to do and set these goals ahead of time. Um, because if you really think that, you know, making millions is going to make you happier. If you're not happy to start out with, like, dude, you're just going to be chasing dopamine and you're just going to keep buying shit and buying shit and buying shit and just trying to fucking find happiness and surrounding yourself with fucking weak people. And at the end of the day, like, you know, once you've, once you've gone through all that money, um, those people are going to be gone. Um, and they're not going to be gone until you go through all that money. So unless you have a strong moral compass of who you are and what you're about, then, you know, you're basically, you're, you're, you're going to be on an adventure and I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their life, but like, I'm telling you, like, I've made a lot of money in my life and money can make you happy, but like, it doesn't make you happy. I don't, I don't care what anyone wants to say. Now it's a lot better than fucking, not having money um, because I come from that. Um, but with money comes responsibility. And, you know, I'm just hoping that people will stick to the ethos that they say, like, oh, I'm going to do this great thing and this great thing. I mean, that sounds great, but like, I hope that you do 10% of what you say that you want to do um, that's good versus just like literally just becoming the guy who's chasing dopamine. I mean, I have friends that I watch. Um, you know, and whether it be a new private jet, whether it be a new Ferrari, whether it be a, a Lambo or whatever it may be, whatever material thing, or whether they're building some custom yacht or something like that. Like, I don't know, man, like it's super exciting to do that, but it seems like once you get those things, um, it's like, it's just, you're on to the next thing. And 
I see them doing this. And so for me, and I don't have a lot of money, I mean, compared to, that's the other thing is in Bitcoin, there's so many Bitcoiners who think they got all this money because maybe they got five, 10, 15, 20, 30 million. That's not a lot of fucking money, people. Like it sounds like a lot of money, but it's fucking not. And there's people that have a like, hundreds of millions of dollars there's people who have billions of dollars so there's always people that are going to have more than you and so like when i was building my company fortunately i was surrounded by um guys who had a lot more money than me so i always i've never looked at myself as like i have a lot of money and also too i was i was schooled too um by them and i didn't i didn't heed all the warnings and i had to go through some of it myself but the fact is is like when you have money it it it, it it comes with a certain personal responsibility. And number one, that's just, you know, you don't want to blow through it. But number two, you don't want to be a fucking douchebag. You want to like, you don't want to be the guy who's just like, you know, I'm this fucking baller. And you know, the guy, like, <laughs> I, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. They wear all the right. And, and I mean, even there's billionaires who never get it. And we see those people. They're disgusting. They're embarrassing. Um, so, I don't know. This is a really interesting subject to me because money is money really does fuck people up. Um, it can definitely make people um, empower people to do great things, but money really fucks people up. And like, I think a lot of, a lot of Bitcoiners don't know what they don't know. Yeah. I, I think, man, I, I think you, you know, you, you made some excellent points and I just want to go back to something you said about the friends, right? When, when everything is going great, um, you know, my father always, you know, mentioned to me, you know, to beware of fair weather friends, you know, and that, and that's exactly what they are while everything is going great. They're always there. Those are the people that you party with, you know, but when you need, you know, when shit hits the fan and you need a, a real person because we're real people at the end of the day, those are not the friends, you know, those are not the friends that are there. No, what you just said is really, it, it, it resonated with me in the sense that like, I came from the action sports industry. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of professional athletes. Um, I know a lot of celebrities, um, and, and, and famous people. Um, and at a time in my life, I thought that was really important. Um, like, here's a, here's a funny story. Um, I was in Hollywood and, uh, I was meeting with a business contact and he's like, Hey, you should go out to this club with us. And I'm like, eh, I'm not really into Hollywood. I don't got any clothes. He's like, dude, he's like, Hugh Hefner is going to be there. And, and he's going to be at the table next to us. And they, he's going to have two playboy bunnies around him. He's like, you got to see this shit. It's fucking ridiculous. The guy's like almost dead. And he's got these like 20 year old, <laughs> 20 year old playboy bunnies. And I'm like, all right. I literally did not have any clothes. Uh, I, I just was like wearing my, typical scrub clothes and so i was like all right let's go so we rolled in and we got this private table and sure enough there's hugh hefner and i remember just looking around and um and just looking at all these people and it was like uh i was like this is just this is fucking weird man like this is like all these like you're paying like two thousand dollars to have this table this private table um you're paying like you know whatever five hundred to a thousand dollars for a bottle of vodka um and you're basically paying to be seen you know what i mean and it was just it was the weirdest thing and it was cool and and the the people that brought me there they were cool people they were just kind of tripping on it like i was tripping on it um <laughs> but being around that and and being in multiple like 
the more money that I had, I, I, I started to see that like, even me, I'm like, I, I kind of like, I don't know, dude, it, it's the ego. It gets to you. And, and I wasn't perfect dude. And, and I got sucked into it and yeah, my whole thing was, Oh, I know this guy and I know that guy. And, you know, and, and this guy's my friend cause he's texting me and, you know, and like people, you know, athletes that I watch on TV and, you know, famous singers that, that, you know, tour, I'd go to, they'd invite me to their shows and I'd go backstage and it would, Oh, you know, I'd feel real cool and important because I was fucking hanging out with them. Well, guess what? Like, I don't know any of those people anymore. I mean, I could probably fucking text them, but I have nothing to do with them. And there was a time in my life where I thought they were my friends. Um, and there was a lot of friends that I made who were my friends because I thought those people were my friends. You know what I mean? And it was so fucking fake, dude. It was so like, it was just transactional. And it reminds me a lot of Bitcoin in a way, doesn't it? Doesn't this sound a little bit like Bitcoin? <laughs> like, just, so to me, like, I didn't, I had to go through that and I had to 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 realize that all that stuff was bullshit to like find myself again and to become like the person that I was when I got into all this stuff, but a better version of that. And my wife, I mean, my wife is a is a is a Texas girl and like, dude, Southern women like she is the sweetest, the sweetest, strongest woman. And she just like could call bullshit on all of it. And like if it wasn't for her and just having other good mentors in my life, you know, I probably could have gotten sucked way more into it. Um, and those fair weather friends, I have nothing to do with them anymore. Um, all they are now is just good stories, a good collection of stories and bragging rights. And quite honestly, I, I don't even consider them bragging rights because it's embarrassing to even tell these stories because the fact is, is I got sucked into it. And maybe that's my real fucking disdain for the circle jerk because I see it for what it is. It's garbage. Um, and you know, you, you, you add drugs, you add alcohol, you add all the, all the vices, you know, pretty women, um, dude, it's fucking, it's, what's the word? It's very alluring. And, and you can go down that road and you can waste a lot of money, um, and come out of it on the other side and realize that, it really wasn't worth it. I mean, I, I can't, I have no regrets. I, I live my life with no regrets and I had a lot of fun, but dude, I cringe at, I cringe at myself sometimes for the, for what I see money did for me when I first came into money. I'm thankful by, I'm thankful by the grace of God that I am who I am now, because I see some people that I, that I, you know, I still know, um, and they're still caught up in it. And it, it's sad to me. Um, and I, I guess, I guess for me, I would just rather be around a few close friends, a nice dinner, um, and knowing that those people, you know, are going to, you know, be there for me on Christmas or on my birthday or something like that. I just don't want fair weather friends who are, who are my friends because of, of what I did, what I do or what I have. Yeah. I, man, I, I completely agree. And it's, it's it's very difficult, right? Uh, to to be able to find those kinds of people. I, I find it, and again, it may have to do with personalities. Uh, I'm an introvert, so for me, I I don't have um, a lot of patience to um, go through the shallow conversation that it takes to get to somebody's core. Like I, I think for me, when I got when I was going through that, like. I'd come out of this tunnel of working so hard on something. Um, and then all of a sudden I was given, you know, a bunch of money and, and 
all of a sudden all these doors started opening for me all the like people that were my heroes um like people that were literally my heroes like that from like musicians and and uh actors and different people that and and all of a sudden they're like inviting me places and so like that's a really weird complex thing to to deal with right like i mean for me it was like oh i'm special look at me i'm just i'm fucking special because i'm getting invited to this party by this famous person or this dinner you know what i mean but but now that i look back all that person wanted was to utilize my skills to help them perpetuate whatever they got going on and so for me like yeah like i that 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 saying of never meet your heroes because you might be disappointed. Yep. I mean, that's kind of what I realize, And, and I always tell people this and they never really know what I'm saying. I, it, it never is what it appears because like on the outside, when you look at all this stuff from the outside, you're like, Oh man, they got it going on. Like it is fucking, that's where I want to be. But like when I would get inside of that, I would realize, and I was the fly on the wall and, and, and I was living it. It was like, this is fucking, the glitter isn't always gold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, so it was a real awakening for me and I'm thankful that I went through that. But like, I think about my journey and, you know, and I see a lot of people, they're about to start this journey and there's a lot of really young, young, incredible, incredibly smart people in this space. And I know that these same, they're going to be tempted by these same things. Um, and you know, like at the end of the day, people are people. It doesn't matter if you've got, a, if you're a billionaire or if you've got $2 in your name, like we all shit, we all bleed, <laughs> we all got to eat. We all cry when really bad things happen. Um, you know, people are people. Um, and what I learned is that a lot of the, the, the people that I know who who've had wealth the longest seem to me the most fucked up. Um, maybe they, maybe, maybe they don't, you don't see it on, on, on the outside, but if you really look close enough, you see the cracks. Absolutely. You know what? You're telling me that story. And it just made me think of something that happened to me when I was, uh, when I was in my early twenties, I, uh, I lived in, uh, in Whistler, British Columbia, um, for about, uh, four months, you know, during the summer, this was kind of a typical thing that Montrealers do. Uh, they'd go live out West anyways. Um, it was friends with some fairly, you know, some fairly wealthy people, you know, uh, children of people that had, you know, big businesses and, uh, you know, like a lot of these people went to Whistler to just, you know, kind of hang out, right? Like they didn't have to work or anything like that. And these are my friends. And anyways, you know, one day we're sitting around and, you know, one of these guys is sitting there and he's just bitching about how bored he is and how there's nothing to do and how it's, you know, maybe really not that great. And, you know, because he's getting to sit around, you know, everything on his parents' dime, just getting a shopping party. And that's that's boring, you know. So so I sat there and I said, you know, I'm like, why don't you uh, I'm like, why don't you go get a job? Why don't you go get a part time job? And he looked at me. I kid you not, I'll never forget this. It was the weirdest thing. I, I couldn't believe that he said this because it felt like I was out of a movie. He looked at me and he goes, Phil, unlike you, I don't have to work. I'm here to live the Whistler lifestyle. And I, I shit you not, I looked at him and I said, I can't believe that you just said that for real. Like, That's fucking like, douchey. <laughs> like, like to me, I'm like, how the fuck are you even a human being? I mean, don't get me wrong. I obviously don't speak to this person anymore and they don't speak to me. But the, the fact that somebody could be that douchey and that unself-aware 
it, it kind of it struck me and it kind of made me, you know, not think that everybody is like this, but holy shit, there's some people that genuinely don't realize that they're humans. Well, yeah, there's a and and you you bring up a valid point. There's people who just think that their shit doesn't stink. And what I find, um, don't get me wrong, I don't associate with those type of people anymore. And I, I don't want to say that a, a lot of my wealthy friends are the most humble people that you would never know that they even had money just by the way they they carry themselves. And but there are that there is that class of people who like. It's all fun and games until, you know, they're mad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, right? or or they're frustrated. Then you start to see the real person come out just like what you're talking about. And I've seen that so many times. And it's like it's all fun and games until they don't get their way like little spoiled fucking children. Um, and, yeah, dude, and, and I, I hate that behavior. Um, and if I've ever been that way, and I'm sure I have, I've always fucking like – I don't know what's this self-realized and said, all right, dude, don't be that fucking guy. Like that's fucking ridiculous. Um, nobody respects that fucking person. No, that's true. And you know what? Um, uh, to, to, to your point, it's, uh, I call it resiliency. There are some people that are not resilient, right? They are not able to cope. Like for me, the way I've always pictured it is if you're going to freak out, okay. And lose your shit over every little thing. What happens when something real occurs? What happens when a real tragedy takes place? Because like These... that, that, that is the measure of the person, right? It's, it's not how well we do in good times. It's easy to fucking do great in good times. It's easy to be happy in good times. How, who is the person that you are when there's nothing left? That, to me, is the person. And that's how you have to frame how you live your life because like that's a that's a huge lesson um, that I learned uh, is that I want people that are going to be there when things are bad. I don't need people to take care of me when I'm bad, but it is nice for people to be thoughtful. And the people that I surround myself with now, they are those people. And, and I think that if we get back to the whole Bitcoin thing, um, because this comes to – this Bitcoin becomes about money. And it becomes about life-changing money. Um, and, you know, that's a huge journey for a lot of people. Um, you know, like, for example, Phil, like, what is your number? What's what's the number for you that you feel like you need to be like, fuck everything? Like, I don't need to work anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on things that I want to work on. Like, what do you think that number is for you? Everybody, you know, everybody has a different number. And I have thought of this, okay? I've thought of this many times. And I know that this is a terrible answer. I have no fucking clue. I honestly have no fucking clue what my number is. I, I, I used to think it was like 5 million. Um, but then I started to think that it could be less than that. Um, are you talking about the Bitcoin price or like how no, much? No, I'm talking about like what, what amount of money whether it's Bitcoin, whatever, just in wealth that you feel like you need to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to work this fucking job. I'm going to work on the things that I want to work on because I feel like I have enough money now. Believe it or not, and I'm sure tons of people are going to make fun of me, but my range is between like one and five million for that. Well, honestly, that's, you know, here's the interesting thing. So I've, this is something that I've, 
that I've studied for years, like years as money and happiness. Um, because for me, it's been a journey for me, like money and happiness. Like I want to, I want to be a happy person. Um, and as they say, money, more money, more problems. Um, so the average person feels that 5 million is enough. Like from the research that I've read, if it's a wealthy person, a wealthy person says, or a person like who has, who has, millions they say they need a minimum minimum of seven million and this was like something i'm quoting from like uh, i think two years ago so you got to freaking probably add 30 percent to that now (laughs) um so but the one thing i'll tell you and just from my experience is like i thought the same thing i figured you know a couple million i'm good but what i've learned in life is that it's never enough as soon as you make 2 million, you need 4 million. When you need 4 million, you need 8 million. When you need 8 million, you need 20 million. When you need 20 million, you need 50 million. Cause, and, and that's just how I'm, that's how I'm wired. I don't know why. And I'm, it's like a struggle that I have with myself. Um, and I don't know why I'm that way, but I also look at other people, um, you know, other friends who are an entrepreneurs and I feel it's the same thing for them because they have more wealth than they would ever know what to do with. Um, and all they ever want to do is, you know, uh, you know, invest in startups and, and invest, 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 and just keep doubling and doubling and doubling their money. And, you know, it, it becomes this dopamine, dopamine, uh, thing, you know, where you're just chasing dopamine. Um, and I don't know, like, so back to the whole, like, what's your number type type of thing. Okay. So if your number is one to 5 million, um, what makes you happy? Like what truly makes you happy? Like, seriously, like, if you really like, why would one to one to five million make you happy. So this is the thing, okay? It's not that the one to five million itself would make me happy because money is a tool, right? Um, that, that we use. But what it does is it would, um, it would enable me to be able to spend the time uh, that I want doing what I'd like to do. And to me, that's the most important thing, you know? Like, like I, I forget where I read this, but like, you know, it's like, you know, rich people desire, you know, desire money, but like wealth people desire, wealthy people desire time. And, and to me, like, it's like, that's how I think I've always thought of this. Like my time that I get to choose what I'm doing is the most important thing to me. And I believe that that amount would enable me to, um, you know, be able to take the risk 100% in doing what I want to do. And that would make you happy. And that that would make me happy because I'm already getting happier doing what I want to do. But I just don't do it full time yet. So, yeah. But I mean, you're you're probably a different animal than than most people. You're more grounded and and in that sense. Um, But like, for example, a younger person, um, you know, let's say not saying you're old. (laughs) I'm old. It's okay. (laughs) It's all right, I'm old. What do you want? Let's say, you know, someone in their, you know, 20s, um, in their 20s, maybe early 30s, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they they make 10 10 million in five to 10 million in Bitcoin. Like their 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 life is going to be different than than yours or mine because we're older. So that that five to 10, so that that five to 10, and that and they say they want to retire. you know, I'm going to retire. And it's like, dude, you're never going to retire. Number one, like, seriously, like that's fucking a joke. Like waking up every day with no purpose is, is a lonely place to be. That's Um, death. 
Yeah, it, it really is. Um, so if you have five to 10 million at in your 20s, you're probably going to need to keep working because that five to 10 million, like, I mean, you're going to buy a house, you're going to like probably spend, spend some of it. Like, that's just not like, you're going to, you're not going to have, you're going to have a good life, but you're going to have to do some stuff so that you can keep up that qual that, that quality of life is what I'm trying to say. Like that, that cost of living. And that's the one thing that people don't take into consideration. The more you make, the lazier you get, yep. um, the, the more you spend because all of a sudden, like, you know, you used to rent an apartment and you used to eat really simple. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, when you go out, you're buying better meals, you're buying nicer clothes, you know, you're, it just happens. Like people say, Oh no, I won't be that way. No, it will, dude. It fucking does. Trust me. You'll want to go on a trip because like, it's hard. It's hard to have fucking money, dude. And, and to not like, and to just look at it and be like, I'm not going to spend it. Now, Bitcoiners, a lot of them are smarter than most people. Like that's the difference is the mentality of a hodler. A hodler, a hodler is a saver, not a spender. A hodler Bitcoiner understands the value of why they're Hodling. So that is a weird variable in there. But if you look at wealth and you look at people like who say, okay, I made 10 million in Bitcoin, I'm going to retire now. All of a sudden, what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to start shaving off some of that Bitcoin. So they're going to have to have a good plan, not only a good tax plan, because as you're, as you're, you know, peeling off Bitcoin and converting it, you're also paying capital gains. And how does that factor in? And then how are you, you know, it, there's a lot of variables here. Um, and so to me, when it comes to money and happiness, um, this is a crazy topic. And I think a lot of people haven't thought, thought it through. And all they think about is I'm stacking sats, I'm stacking sats for tomorrow. Um, there's, there's two sides to this. There's the side of, you know, where like when I first came into money, I just spent fucking millions on stupid shit. And, I blew it. Um, but then there's also this, the side of when you get past that stage and you have money and you, you just save it and all you're doing is saving it. Um, and I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it forever for my family's 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 family. You know, when, when I die, my grandkids, kids, 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 and all that. And that's great too. Um, and I see that mentality, but there's a trap in that as well. Um, if you're always going to live for tomorrow and you aren't living for today, you know, there's, there's a weird thing in that too. And a lot of people save for tomorrow and they think, oh, in five years, Bitcoin's going to be worth this amount of money. But like reality is, is people die all the fucking time. Um, tragedies right. happen. And so, and I've, I mean, I know there's people out there like myself. I, I lost one of my best friends. Um, he was flying a plane and he crashed. Um, fucking weirdest thing ever, man. Um, really fucking close friend. Um, and me and him had all kinds of things that we wanted to do. He, he watched me come up. He was, he was one of the friends that was with me through all of that garbage, watched me fucking just become a fucking jackass, um, and watched me get through that. And so he was like a really, really special friend to me and he fucking died 31 years old, just died. And, like we had so many fucking dreams. We wanted to like, we just, we, we wanted to go surf different places and, and we always had put it off because he was busy and I was busy. And so for me, like, that's a huge reality too. Um, my dad, my dad, um, is battling cancer and me and him had, had planned, like, we're going to go surf Tahiti together. We're going to go do all these things. He can't do that anymore. So like, there's something in that too, man, where you like, this is where, I know this gets really philosophical, but money is a really 
interesting thing. Like when we, when we just, the idea of money, the idea that in five years we're going to, I'm going to have all this money. I'm going to go do all this shit and I'm putting it all off for tomorrow. Um, that's dangerous too. That's just as dangerous as, as you know, fucking just spending money on fucking, you know, a good time and stupid shit and material things. There is a happy medium in there. And I think, I think, that is really for me what I've learned through my journey is that, you know, and it's hard with Bitcoin because like I don't want to sell my Bitcoin, but like at some point I know I'm gonna have to like it's gonna make sense to 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 peel some off. You know what I mean? It's just can't I can't just be like like putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And right now I'm cool with it. But like at some point, whether it be five or ten years, like like it's going to make no sense just watching it accumulate. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I will spend some of it. I'm going to keep most of it. And it, 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 it but you can, feel, you can hear the struggle in my voice and talking to you. And, and so these are, these are concepts that I struggle with, Phil. And it's something that I think everyone's going to struggle with. And as more people go down this pathway and they, and, and more money um, and wealth comes into their lives, um, they're going to struggle with it too. And I guarantee you there's people that are listening to this who have fucking way more than I do. Um, and, you know, I guarantee you, they're probably like, yeah, <laughs> I go through it too. Yeah. Um, you know, no. actually I read this article and it was interesting. It was about, it was exactly what I was saying that about like, what's your number? And it was it highlighted people from you know couple million to 5 million to 50 million up to a billion and and it and it told these little stories about them about how they went through that same mental like math in their head of like oh man if i just had you know the guy with the guy with 2 million oh if i just had 7 million the guy with 20 million if i just had 50 million and and the guy with 50 million if i just had 500 million see so i think this is something that that money does to us and and you know there is a positive side to money like there's a great thing to bitcoin that it is going to increase people's wealth but it's also it's also going to lead to a lot of this weird philosophical internal struggles um, that people are going to have and you got to prepare yourself for it Man, I I totally agree. That was uh, that that was beautiful. You know, just I I think that um, I think that a lot of people are going to appreciate that. I I really think that people are going to appreciate your viewpoint on that. You know, and I don't think like you said, I don't think enough people have thought of it. I do agree that Bitcoiners are quote unquote built different. Um, and I, I can say that um, even though I was already a low time preference type of person uh, growing up, um, let me rephrase that. Not as a kid, but as soon as I began to learn patience, uh, I began to enjoy it because I, I, I quickly saw, I shouldn't say quickly, but in the situations where I was patient, I saw the fruits of the labor. So I became one of those people willing to put off present day happiness for future gains. Okay, future gains in life, future gains in love, future gains in whatever. And I noticed exactly what you said. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're living for tomorrow, then you're not living today. And, and so something that I ended up learning was, you know, I may be saving for tomorrow for a life that I'm trying to build that I'm not living yet, but I cannot stop living for today, which means whatever you're putting off for tomorrow, Start it today because tomorrow will get here. And if you didn't start, you most likely won't start. So you got to start living. Well, and it's, 
it's weird. Like chasing dopamine in itself makes you not think about yourself and where you're at at this moment. And so like I've, I've been struggling with, with all of this and under, like people don't understand when, when you come from nothing, like I come from very little and, and your life changes. Um, and it's a process to, to, to take it all in and to like, I didn't come from a rich family. I didn't, you know, I didn't come from driving nice cars or nothing like that. You know, my parents, my dad was a hard worker. My mom's a hard worker. And, you know, I freaking they, you know, to buy me a pair of shoes, you know, was a struggle, but they bought them and I had nice shoes. Um, and you get, when, when all of a sudden you get to a point where, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, it's easy to get lost in that. And, and I, I, I can say honestly that I did get lost in it for a while, for a couple of years. And, um, it wasn't until I, like, I, like I said, I met my wife, but also too, just like realizing, like looking at this going, okay, like looking at money and seeing where I was at. And so I've read, I, I, it's people love to read all about Bitcoining, Bitcoin all the time. I, I like it too, but I like to read about people's um, journeys with money. And this one guy, um, he was the, he was an accountant for one of the biggest, uh, I think it was KPMG. And he wrote this book called um, Chasing Daylight. And this story is just incredible. And if anybody just Google the book, Chasing Daylight and read it, and it will change you. It'll change you in the way that you think, because this guy was totally a career guy. Um, you know, he became like the district, the head of the district. Then he became a head of, you know, the, the region. And then he became the head of the United States and um, in terms of running KPMG. And then he was actually got into where he was going to be running the whole freaking KPMG. And, you know, the guy, he, he always kept this little, this little card of a, of a farmhouse. And I think it was a farmhouse. I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of the details I'm, I'm kind of, um, um, changing a little bit, but it, it's, a, the story is somewhat like this. Um, it's just, I it's been a while since I read it, but at any rate, he kept this picture of this, this farmhouse in his pocket. And it's because that's where he was going to go when he retired. Well, he started forgetting things and, uh, and he was just about to get the promo to be like the one to run everything. And he went, he, he didn't even have time to go to the fucking doctor, which I know a lot of you can relate to who are who are like in a career where you just are too busy working. And so he decided to go. And sure enough, fi- comes to find out he's got terminal brain cancer. Holy shit. Terminal brain cancer. I, I'm dude. actually looking and, I'm actually looking for the book right now. <laughs> yeah. And the doctor said, you know what, you gotta you got this you only have this amount of time to live. And so here's this guy who his whole life was just overachieve, overachieve. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do this tomorrow. And all of a sudden, you know, he's faced with, you know, terminal, terminal brain cancer. And so he quit everything. Like within a matter of weeks, he resigned. And all of a sudden he went from that to his whole life was going and driving to go get radiation. And it's, it's the most fucking gnarly story because he never got to that to that farmhouse um and the whole story became about the last days of his life with his family it's it's a it's a heavy story but it's so empowering too and it's something that everybody needs to to think about like because 
we're not promised anything in this world. Nope. It's a gift, man. And we all get so caught up on money. I did. I almost fucking killed myself trying to get to where I'm at. And so that, that book just like really was one of those books. You can tell it, it, it had a real significant effect on me. Um, and, and I want to bring it to this, like in my journey, what I've realized, what makes me the happiest is spending time with my family. Um, like I, like when I first made money, I used to just like send them all gifts, extravagant gifts and stuff. And, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, like I didn't get anything out of it. Like they got a gift. I got to thank you. Um, and what I've learned over, over the years is, you know, what really means the most to me is spending time with my family. And, um, so those are the things that I focus on, um, you know, uh, vacation with my family, um, making sure I'd rather, instead of buying people gifts and, and stupid fucking material things, I would rather, you know, us have experiences together. And so like when I had my daughter, uh, me and my wife had our daughter, you know, we agreed like that, like, you know, I was living in a huge house, like, um, uh, it was a, it was, it was too big for me. Um, it was beautiful. It was super opulent. And I looked around and, you know, we all lived behind these gates and, uh, and my neighbors were all old. I was like the youngest person on the block and like my daughter wouldn't have had, had anyone to play with. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to bring her up in this. I don't want her to know what she has. I don't want that to, to shape her as a person. What I really want her to do is be free. And I want her to live in a nice like neighborhood with kids all around. I want her to, you know, um, and my role with her is to make sure that she has the very best education that she could possibly have. Um, and to me, part of that is uh, there's a struggle in, in terms of that. And I'm more on the unschooling um, mindset. But like for me, like I thought, how cool would it be? to be able to take her around the world to like all of the most beautiful spots and all the most historical spots and teach her that like real time. And then she could have that experience with me teaching her and her mom and, and enjoy that time. Um, and to me, like that would make her just a better human because she would not only see the cultures, but she would also take away when I pass away, she'll be able to say, Oh, I went to, you know, France or I went to, you know, the Caribbean and I was on this beach with my dad and, you know, and we learned about sea turtles or something like that. Like to me, like, like I was like, that's what I want my life to me. Like that excites me not only, but it's like, I would rather teach my daughter that way than like, like have her grow up in, in the neighborhood that we grew up where, you know, kids are driving, you know, Porsches to school and, you know, um, you know, just every kid is super stressed out because, you know, they're trying to get into the fucking best school ever. Like I just, to me, like money for me is about empowering me to be able to take care of my family and to raise my daughter and to, to enjoy experiences with my family, because that's what brings the most joy, raising my daughter to be a good human. Um, and to know that she isn't going to be in a fucking, shitty, shitty school or whatever. And I'm fortunate to do that. Um, I know there's people that can't do that. And I, and I, I feel like everybody should have that, but like, for me, that's, that's where, that's what makes me happy is to think about that type of stuff. And because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and we die, you know, like 
all the things that were bought for you, like, you know, you may have like, you may have like a special watch that your grandpa gave you, or, or you, if you're a, if you're a, a female, you may have like a special ring, but like, you know, like I'm sure my daughter will have that, but what I want her to have is a fucking, an education. And I want her to have memories and I, and all of those memories and that education that, that, that she gets from me and my wife taking her around the world and traveling and, and, and teaching her, you know, how to be a better human. Like, I think that is a better investment than anything. I can justify spending that money on that versus just like, you know, sending her some fucking highbrow, you know, private school and buying her some fucking expensive car and, and just putting her in adult or, you know, teenager daycare. Um, so I don't know from my journey, like family, um, you know, eating healthy and exercising and, um, you know, giving myself time to read and, and study, you know, the things that I want to study as well and allowing my, my wife to do that. And then when it comes to our, our family, our extended family, it's, you know, I don't want to just be the, the family member that just like springs for everybody. Um, that never feels good, but like when we do go, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind spending the money. So spending that money so my family can all be together and enjoy each other's company. Because at the end of the day, um, to me, that's what makes me happy. And it might be different for someone else, but that's what makes me happy. And I mean, call me fucking crazy, right? (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm somewhat on the right path. Um, and I just, it's a journey, man. No, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when all is said and done, Right. We don't uh, we don't take any of this with us, Um, you know, and depending on whatever philosophical belief you have and stuff like that. But, you know, like when people pass away, you know, it's like the the emptiness that people feel is essentially the, you know, the love that the person who passed away took with them. So, you know, how do you I guess what made me think about this is like, like, what do you want to leave? Like when you when you die, because we're all going to die, like nobody gets out of this fucking life alive. Like no one gets out of this alive, dude. That's like the weirdest fucking thing. Nobody gets out of this alive. We're all going to fucking die. So when you do die, what are you going to leave? What what do you want to leave? Do you want to be the guy that dies with all the best cars? And like, you know, you know, he maybe had like, the biggest house or he had the most followers and he got the most likes on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I mean, who, what do you want to leave? I mean, like for me, I just want to leave the people that I love the most with incredible memories and, and, and good times. And, and yeah. I want them to think that, that I was a generous person, but I wasn't a fucking idiot. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I've been a fucking idiot in my life, dude. I mean, it's embarrassing for me to say this because people hear me speak out so much on Twitter about fucking circle jerks and shit. But like, dude, trust me, I was a, I was all fuck, fucking sucked into a circle jerk, just a bigger, different one. And there's a lot of fucking bigger, different circle jerks out there. And I guess if anything, that's the takeaway of this. Like with Bitcoin, I see so many people saying, I just want to buy Bitcoin and only focus on my Bitcoin. And I think it's a super smart thing, but I also think you need to think about like what you want to leave in this world. Do you want to just leave your fucking family, your private, your private keys? <laughs> or do you want to like, I mean, I think that's important. I, I think that is important. Or yeah. do you want to also like, you know, share memories with them and, 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 you know, I don't know. Some families, they just have a lot of money. My family didn't. And so, you know, I think they're not, they're not, 
they're not poor by any any means they're they're middle class people um but like at the end of the day like you know i uh, they're not the kind of people who can be like, oh yeah, let's go to Europe for three weeks. You know what I mean? They just, they're not, I mean, they probably could, um, but they're, you know, like it's different. Like if I'm like, Hey, let's go to Europe, you know, let's rent some villas and let's like really spend time as a family and not do this. Like to where like, you know, we're struggling to get through it. Let's like really fucking enjoy this because this might be our last trip. Um, and unfortunately COVID fucked up a lot of this shit. Um, so now we're, you know, we're, we're all kind of traveling around the U S where we can, but like, you know what I mean? Like what, what do you want to do? Do you want to leave, do you want to leave your family like 40 Bitcoin, 50 Bitcoin or 10 Bitcoin, or do you want to leave them eight and, and, and spend two of those on like, having some fucking incredible memories. Like, I don't know, to me, like some people would say that's stupid. Um, you know what? And maybe it is, maybe that two Bitcoin might be worth $2 million down the road. And damn, that's fucking shit because you could have had that money. Well, if you're dead and you know, you never spent any time with your family because maybe they can't afford to do it, um, or whatever, or maybe you just hate your family. Um, it, when I say family too, I know some people, their friend family is just as important as their family. So, um, I know, I know friends, I mean, I spend money on my friend families all the time to help them. You know, if, it, if, if one of my friends can't go and I know they're just fucking really good person, I'm going to be like, yeah, come fucking hang, you know, like buy your flight. I got your fucking place to stay. Um, and to me, like those memories, if it's with the right people are, that's the mark you want to leave on this world. Those people are your legacy. Those people are the people that are going to tell the tales of you and who you were and hopefully remember you. Um, and this leads back to what we were talking about earlier is like the people that I met, you know, when I first, when I was fucking first came into money, like that circle jerk that I got involved with, those people aren't my friends. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about any of this. Like, like those people are fake friends. And so I don't know, to me, Maybe my circle has gotten smaller, but I really know who my friends are. And I know that like the most friends that, that mean, mean the most to me were like the friend that I lost, who had watched me go through all my problems, had fucking been there for me when I went through the problems, watched me become a better person. Like, like those are your friends, man. And those are the relationships that you need to keep, you know, culturing and 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 keep them moving forward because those are the people that you want to surround yourself with you don't want to just surround yourself with a bunch of fucking rich dudes dude because i'm telling you most rich people are fucked up <laughs> man seriously uh, you know I'm, I'm not laughing at you know i'm just laughing at the last thing you said but man that that's you know it, it's really amazing and and very deep um look I think we're going to have to do like a part three of this because we're going for an hour and 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm totally sucked in, but pirate, we, uh, unfortunately we, uh, we got to cut it. Um, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts you want to leave for the, uh, the listeners? No, man. I, I honestly, I, I am, I think this is a part of me that that's, uh, very personal to me. And, uh, you know, it, it might not, it might not resonate with, with people as much, but, um, you know, I would just say like, um, sometimes you got to like, let all the noise die down and, and sit with yourself quietly. And go, I always say, you got to go sit on your rock and, uh, and me, usually me when I'm sitting on my rock, it means I'm sitting on my rock, looking at the ocean, just going, what the fuck? And, and just think about who you are, what you want to be and where you want to go. And, and, and realize that like, you know, 
most of the people who are stacking Bitcoin, they're going to make a ton of money. But like, where do you really want to go? What do you really want to do? Who do you really want to be? Like having a lot of Bitcoin and having a lot of money, like that's fucking awesome. But like, where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? You know what I mean? Like it's bigger than that. And just don't get caught up in that shit. Like, don't forget who you are. Like fucking start working on that shit now. Um, learn from other people's mistakes. And you know what? If you make a mistake, that's fucking fine. You'll come back from it. But don't fucking get sucked down the poop pipe and and end up fucking dead because, you know, you decided to go blow all your money on strippers and coke. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't want to go out that way. There's better ways to go out. Um, and also don't be the guy who fucking is like, I'm going to hodl till I die and, and, you know, is struggling every day because every extra dollar they're spending sats. I mean – that's that's also not necessarily the best fucking path, but you've got to make that decision for yourself. So anyway, I appreciate it, Phil. And yeah, we'll, we can do this again. Yeah, man. it's uh, I really appreciate it. It needs to be a life worth living. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining me on the pod. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Talk soon. Hope everybody enjoyed my chat with Pirate Beach Bum. His contact details for Twitter will be in the show notes. And of course, if you want to reach me, Twitter or Telegram, I'm at Coin Icarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am Coin Icarus at funwithbitcoin.com. So thank you all for listening. Catch you all next time. <laughs>